Uh, but we are going to be uh, in opening our Bibles tonight and starting out in the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter number 13. 1 Samuel chapter number 13. Husbands, Valentine's Day is two days away. If you haven't gotten anything yet, you're already procrastinating. You can go with all the other men that have procrastinated at Walmart and try to figure out what's left over uh, and see if you can get your wife that box of chocolates that she's probably not going to eat anyways. Uh, but it's Valentine's Day, don't forget, it's a couple days away. You can still go get flowers, some chocolates. Um, and wise, you can get your husband something nice too. And Kelly's not even in here to hear that. Uh, but... Don't forget, we had our I Love My Church Sunday on Sunday, and it was an exciting day. You know, we have a lot that happens here at Bible Baptist Church, and it couldn't happen without people being here, volunteering, giving of their time, and I'm thankful for how many people do. If you still have this card and you have it filled out, there's a box in the lobby that you can drop that in. Uh, just write your name and email address at the bottom, uh, and then mark anything that you'd be interested in finding out more about how you can serve in, uh, whether it's the nursery, security, jail ministry, you can mark that and drop it in the box, and the people who are in charge of those ministries will have them get in touch with you and give you some more information about how you can serve and what you can do. Uh, not everybody can do everything, but everybody can do something. Uh, I tell the story about my grandma. She's one of my heroes uh, in the faith, and she can't get around. And They go out on visitation now to the nursing home to visit some people, uh, but other than that, she really can't get around that well, so she writes letters, and that is her ministry. Uh, she knows she can't go out and knock on doors in the Michigan weather with snow and ice, but she'll write. Uh, they go to the post office, and the post office makes a special order of stamps just for them because they know they're going to come buy them out of stamps every single week in that small town of Brown City. So let me encourage you to serve and do everything you can as we serve God, uh, and thank you for your faithfulness here at Bible Baptist Church. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 13, since it is Valentine's Day, we have to talk about love tonight. All right, it's just we have to do it because it's Valentine's Day week. Uh, but we're going to look at the life of David. Uh, and if you think about David, what is, it, what is David known for? Oh, David killed Goliath, did he not? David, I mean, started out young. He was a shepherd. He killed a, a lion with his bare hands. He killed Goliath uh, with just a sling and a stone. Uh, but as he got older, he got to become king of Israel. God selected him. And not only was he king of Israel, but he was called a man after God's own heart. And I don't know about you, but I hope that I can be known as a person that's after God's own heart. And not just by people here on this earth, but God called him a man after his own heart. Uh, we, we can fool people here on this earth. I could uh, fool every single person in this church. You guys could fool me, but we can't fool God. And God called David a man after his own heart. And the book of 1 Samuel chapter 13 give you a little bit of co uh, context here. Uh, we're at the end of Saul's reign as king over Israel. Saul has decided to take matters into his own hand, and instead of trusting God and putting his faith and trust in him, Saul goes out and uh, does his own thing. Uh, at the beginning of chapter 13 of my Bible, uh, it says the self-will of Saul. And, you know, relying on ourself and relying on our own strength will get us in trouble every single time. It might sound like a good idea, but it never is. What does uh, Proverbs 3 say? Trust in the Lord. With all thine heart. And Saul here was not listening to that. Look at verse number 8 with me. Book of 1 Samuel, chapter 13. It says, And he, talking about Saul, tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, Bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offerings. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of the offering, 
the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. Saul's not supposed to be going and making this burnt offering, but instead of waiting on Samuel to get back, like God had commanded, he goes and he makes the burnt offering himself. Samuel comes back, and Saul goes out and talks to him, verse 11, and Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash, therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon to Gilgal, and I have not made a supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. Do we get in trouble by forcing our own way sometimes? I don't like to wait. I've told you that before. I don't like traffic. Uh, I drove down to Pigeon Forge this week, and they had 40 shut down. Uh, they said it was a rolling roadblock, but nobody was moving. It was bumper-to-bumper stop, so I jumped off the highway because I'm not sitting in traffic for two hours. I'll drive back roads all the way there if I have to. Uh, but we don't like to wait, and that was Saul's problem. Instead of waiting for God's will, he forced his own will. And Samuel said unto Saul, verse 13, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people, because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Who is that man he's talking about? It's the one and only David. Great King David. Now, was David a perfect person? No, he wasn't. But we're going to look at five different areas tonight, if time permits. Pete said I only have 15 minutes of battery in the mic, so I'm going to start shouting after 15 minutes if he cuts me off back there. Uh, but five different areas, four where things that David loved and one that he hated. We've got to add hate in there, too, okay? I'll make it the last point. We'll make hate. But four things that David loved, uh, and let's look at number one. David loved the Word of God. He loved... The Word of God. Turn with me to Psalm 119.97. We're going to be turning around tonight, so I hope your fingers are ready. I want you to see from the Word of God His exact words. Psalm 119 and verse number 97. The Bible says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou through thy commandments hast made my, me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. You read through Psalm 119, you'll see the Word of God mentioned a lot in there. In college, I took a, a class on Psalms and Proverbs, and one of the bonus assignments that you could do to get extra credit in the class was to take Psalm 119 and write down every verse that the Word of God was mentioned in. I thought, well, that's an easy project. I know it's 150, well, how many verses is it here? 176 verses, but how many times could that be in there? And we had to write out every verse that it was in, handwrite, not type. They wouldn't let us type it on the computer. So here I said, this will be an easy project. And we had to pick one of the bonus projects. So I picked that project to do, thinking this is going to be an easy project. Do you know how many times David mentions the Word of God in Psalm 119? 
In almost all 176 verses, it is mentioned, maybe not called the Word of God, thy precepts, thy law, it is my meditation all the day. David loved the Word of God. It was important to him. And if David was a man after God's own heart, can I submit to you that if we are going to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, that we have to love the Word of God just like David loved the Word of God. We have to meditate in it day and night. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. He meditated it in it day and night, just like Joshua 1 verse 8 says. Uh, and you can see it throughout his whole entire life. He talks about it protecting him from sin in Psalm 119 verse 11. It talks about how it gives him great peace in Psalm 119, turn to verse 161. Psalm 119, 161. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. He loved the word of God, and he quoted it over and over again. You look at that, how many times he said the word of God just in Psalm 119, and you can tell it was important in his life. So if we're going to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, we have to love his law. We have to love the word of God. Not only did David love the word of God, but you see that prayer was also important to him. He loved to pray. Did David pray? You can see him praying over and over again. Uh, let's look at Psalm 116. You should be there in Psalms already. Psalm 116, verse number 1. The Bible says, I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. We need to call on God. We need to be constant in prayer. Oh, what does the Bible say about prayer? Is it important? Well, the Bible says we should pray without ceasing. We should pray about everything. In everything, give thanks to God. Uh, and how do we give thanks? We give thanks through prayer. And that's going into our next point. But as long as he shall live, he says, he will call on God. Why was this prayer so important to David, do you think? I personally think it was because of his personal experience and testimony with God. He had seen God answer prayer over and over again. He had seen God protect him in the face of a giant with just a stone. When everybody else mocked him and said he couldn't do it, he had seen him protect him from wild animals. David had seen prayer work. Not only had David seen God's protection from prayer, but he'd also experienced God's forgiveness of sins through prayer. You turn to Psalm 51, a psalm of repentance, where David is repenting after he sinned with Bathsheba. And God miraculously and lovingly forgives David. David had experienced God's forgiveness, and it was all through prayer. So David knew that prayer was powerful, and I believe that's why he was so adamant about prayer as well. It was based on the fact how God had blessed him and used him and answered his own prayers. What does that mean for us, though? You know, I think it's important to keep a prayer journal. I have never been good at keeping a prayer journal, uh, and I've told you that before, but it is neat to be able to write down request after request that you have, because we have a lot of requests, and God wants to hear our requests. As a matter of fact, in a couple of minutes, you're going to take that prayer bulletin out, and we're going to look at 
prayer requests. There's some heavy things going on in our church right now. People that have requests and people that are sick and people that uh, are in the hospital and they need our prayer. But you know what's even neater is to go through and to write those prayers in a little journal and use that to pray for them and then write next to it when God answers that prayer. Because then when you get discouraged and then when you don't want to pray, you can go back through and say, God answered this prayer and God answered this prayer. And when times get rough, it'll encourage you. And I, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but maybe David had a little prayer book there with him. And he said, you know what? When he got discouraged, God answered this prayer for me and God answered this prayer for me. And I'm going to go to God and I'm going to pray about this too. Uh, you know, if Saul had done that same exact thing, applied the same principle to his life, he would have said, you know what? God's been there every step of the way. God knows what's going on. Even though Samuel hasn't come back yet and I think he should be here, I'm just going to wait on God. I'm just going to wait for him because I know God has a plan in it all. I know that God's got something that he's going to do, but he didn't. David knew prayer was important. How is our love for prayer? Is it where it ought to be? I think as a Christian, we should ever be growing in our prayer life, and I know that my prayer life is not where it needs to be. It needs to grow more. I need to pray more. Uh, I need to be closer to God every single day. Do we pray without ceasing, as the Bible says? If not, turn with me to Psalm chapter 32. Psalm chapter number 32 and verse number 1. Psalm 32, verse number 1. The Bible says, we'll read the entire chapter. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer, Selah. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I set not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin, Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee. In a time when thou mayest be found, surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. Thou art, not, thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with the songs of deliverance, Selah. David understood that when in our weakness, he is strong. Is that not what the Bible says? In our time of need, that's when God can show himself strong to us and show himself uh, powerful. That's why I love the hospital ministry so much. Uh, you know, I get to go in and I get to see people, and it's some of their hardest times. And there's some difficult times, and people would look at me strange. I've had people say, you probably hate doing this. Last Saturday, uh, I was in a room with a lady who was 41 years old. Uh, and there was a mistake in her surgery a year ago, and slowly over the last year, she was slowly dying. And she passed away this past Saturday, and I was there in the room with the family when that happened. Uh, while I was in the room, I got a call that there was someone on the other side of the hospital uh, who was also had just passed away. Uh, and you know why I love that? I don't love seeing people's pain, but I love being there and seeing God's grace show through to Christians and seeing God's uh, arms wrap around them and encourage them, even in one of the darkest, most trying hours of their lives. Seeing when I was with that four, oh, family of the 41-year-old woman who passed away and seeing the hope that they had to know that God is real and that God was there with them and this hadn't taken him by surprise, um, but that God is real. Prayer works. So I Psalm 126, we get to pray with people, and it's not just to make them feel happy feelings inside, 
But I actually believe, and maybe I'm a little bit crazy for this, but I believe that God hears and answers prayers, okay? Uh, I believe when we pray tonight that God is going to hear our prayers. Uh, and, you know, if we have our sins right between Him, uh, between Him and us, that God wants us to hear our prayers and that God wants to answer our prayers. Uh, we've got lots of people facing surgeries in a couple weeks. Uh, I believe that God cares about those. Right, your mom's going into surgery tomorrow, next week. In two weeks. I was close. I was within two weeks. She's going into surgery in two weeks. She needs our prayers. And then not just because, so we can go up to Bernard and say, I've been praying for your mother, but so that we can take her request to God so that he can answer that prayer, so that the surgery will go well, because God hears and answers prayers. I'll tell you a funny story about Saturday. You say, what's funny about two people passing away? Uh, the first room I was in had contact precautions. Normally I take my wedding band off in those rooms, uh, and I stick it in my pocket, uh, because when you put those gowns and gloves and masks on, I just start to sweat. Uh, so I was in that first room, and I went to the next room, which was on the opposite side of the hospital, uh, and I took those gloves off and the gown off and threw it in the trash can, took it off like you're supposed to, where it all pulls off in one piece. And I got to that next room, and usually when I'm standing at the bed of someone, I fold my hands in front of me. Well, I folded my hands, and I went, I don't feel my wedding band. I went, oh, it's in my pocket. I need to... I need to get it out. So here's a family, and they're mourning the loss of a loved one, and I've reached in my pocket, and it's not there. So I reach in my other pocket. It's not there. I go, this is not good. So I reach in my back pocket. I'm standing there trying to talk to them, trying to concentrate on them going, I am sorry. I have got to go. I'll be right back. My wedding band had come off in the glove and was in the trash can, and they were cleaning out the room, getting ready to throw my wedding band away. Uh, but, you know, I, I enjoy being there and being there for people and being able to watch God work uh, in people's lives. And can I tell you that God wants to work in our lives. He wants to hear our requests, but we need to make our requests known unto him. But when God answers our prayers, not only did David love the word of God, not only did he love to pray and love prayer, but he loved to praise God when God answered those prayers. You can see David praising him. Turn back to Psalm 119 with me. Psalm 119 told you you were going to be turning a lot. Your fingers will be tired by the end of the night. Psalm 119, verse number 164. We already read it one time. What does it say? Seven times a day do I praise thee because thy righteous judgments. Not just one time, not just in the morning, not just before food. Seven times a day he praised God. And praise God for all the great things he has done. God has blessed us. God's blessed us with a beautiful building here. Uh, God's blessed us with a great church family and people who work and people who love each other and pray for each other and are there. Uh, God's blessed us with families and with roofs over our head and, and cars to drive to church and heat, praise God, and umbrellas when it's raining and boats when you need to boat to church. Uh, but, you know, God's blessed us uh, here at Bible Baptist Church. We need to praise Him. He praised God for His righteous judgments we see here, but not only did He praise them for that, you can go throughout the book of Psalms for time's sake. We're not going to tonight. Um, but you can see in Psalm 95, He praises God for His greatness and His loving kindness. In Psalm 104, um, He says, I will sing praises as long as I shall live. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. He talks about praise over and over. And when God answers our prayers, we need to praise Him. How often do we make our requests known to him, but we never thank him when he answers those requests? We need to praise God, and that's where that prayer journal will also come into, come into play. Number four, not only did he, David love the word of God, he loved to pray. He loved to praise God when those prayers were answered, 
But not only that, David loved unity among the brethren. Turn to Psalm 133. Psalm 133. We're going to read the entire psalm, all three verses. Are you ready? I'm going to jump right in. Psalm 133. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. I don't know about you, if you have siblings in here, my brother and I didn't always get along very well. He's four years younger than me, and it was his goal in life. And he would tell you it was his goal in life to get under my skin, to get on my nerves, to do everything to push my buttons so that I would get mad at him so we would start to fight. And then I would get in trouble because I was supposed to be the older, more mature one. Uh, and so, you know, we didn't always dwell together in unity. Matter of fact, if my brother and I were getting along, my mom and dad were coming down going, what are you guys getting into down there because you've been getting along too good uh, for too long. But, you know, as brothers and sisters in, sisters in Christ, we're supposed to dwell together in unity. We're not supposed to be at each other's throat, uh, trying to fight against each other all the time. We've got enough in this world that we can fight against, enough sin that's out there that we can go against, that we don't need to be fighting against each other. You say, well, Daniel, are, are you saying we don't need to stand up for anything? We need to become one of those churches that just loves everybody and holds hands and sings kumbaya around the campfire you know, get rid of the Bible, get rid of the, the hymns, get rid of the pulpit, and just, just love everybody. We're supposed to love everybody, but we're, that's the one thing that David hated, okay? We'll get to that in a minute. Don't jump ahead. You guys are thinking too far ahead. Stop, slow down, get with me here, okay? David loved unity, and God loves unity in the church. As Christians, we are supposed to be unified, striving together for the faith of the gospel. The gospel and salvation in a lost world that is on their way to hell is so much more important than the little squabbles that we have against our brothers and sisters in Christ. Nobody here should hate somebody else in the church. Now, I understand you might not get along with everybody. Pastor talked about those people that just get under your skin. Uh, on Sunday, you remember him talking about that? Those people that you just, it's the way they walk, it's the way they talk, it's everything about them just gets on your last nerve. Uh, but you know what? We shouldn't let that cause disunity among us and, and cause the gospel not to go forward because we're so busy fighting with each other that we're ignoring a lost world that's on their way to hell. David loved unity. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now, I always used to think uh, when I worked with teenagers, there's so much drama Drama, drama, drama. You'd walk into the youth group and there'd be a group of girls over here talking about this group over here and there's a group in the middle that uh, they were talking about everybody and there was just drama and I hate drama with a passion. And so, you know, I thought once, if I don't work with teenagers ever again, I'll never see drama again. But you know what I found out? That us as adults, we're pretty good at having drama too. I don't know about you, but I see drama a lot. Uh, there's sometimes that I find myself in the middle of drama and in the middle of it, but we need to be careful because we're striving together for something that's so much more important than some drama that in the light of eternity doesn't really matter. But do churches have drama sometimes? 
I've seen churches split over some crazy things, over colors of carpet and pews, over, you know, how we should redesign the, the Sunday school classroom or uh, silly things that really don't matter all that much, but somebody will get upset about it and, and they'll split the church over it. My uh, grandparents' church in Michigan, and I'm not 100% sure what they split over, but it is a small town uh, in Michigan. They have one traffic light now, but they probably didn't have a traffic light back then. And uh, it's just a small town, Brown City, Michigan. Uh, and what, as I was growing up as a kid, there were always two Baptist churches in that town. And I thought, that is the strangest thing to have two Baptist churches in a town that's so small. Come to find out, years ago, there only used to be one Baptist church. But something happened among those churches, and they just couldn't get along, so they split. And in Brown City, Michigan, there were two Baptist churches. Now, since that time, they've made things right. They're actually back to one Baptist church again, Faith Baptist Church in Brown City, Michigan. And God restored and did a, a miraculous work. But you imagine people looking from the outside in and they see all of our drama and they see churches splitting and we can't get along with each other. They go, why would they want anything to do with that? Christ loves unity uh, among the brethren. David loved unity among the brethren. What did uh, you see Jesus, he prays over his disciples that they would have unity, that they might be one. We're supposed to be of one mind striving together for the faith of the, faith of the gospel. He died on the cross because he loved everybody, because he wanted all men to be able to be in heaven with him one day. Do we show love and unity? You know, it's hard to be unified sometimes. Sometimes you have to go talk to that person that just gets under your skin you have to be able to, to overlook something that might get on your nerves. But it takes diligent work. But if we strive together, if we are unified as brothers and sisters in Christ, think about how much could be done for the faith of the gospel. Here in Kingsport, Tennessee, around the world. That's why we unify. It's missions conference coming up, and it's one of my favorite weeks of the year. We unify with missionaries all over the world, different missions agencies. Uh, there are different people. They graduated from different colleges. They're in different countries. But we come together for one common goal, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ to be shared around the world. And what a great thing it is that we can unify uh, as churches and come together and support missions so that the faith of the gospel can be taken all over. But that same principle should be applied to us as Christians here at Bible Baptist Church. Now, just so you think I'm not compromising, okay, the last thing is something that David hated. Turn to Psalm 119, 104. Psalm 119, verse 104. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. We're supposed to be unified as brothers and sisters in Christ, but can I tell you, we should never compromise on the Word of God. If it comes down to the Word of God or, or compromising on something in the Word of God or a relationship, we should never compromise the Word of God. And David said, you know what, because he loved the Word of God and he prayed and had that close relationship with him, through my precepts I get understanding. I understand the Word of God because of thy precepts, because of thy Word. Therefore, I hate every false way. I hate that there's people out there that call themselves Baptists, that go and do crazy things, and you see them in the news, and then we get all lumped in with those quote-unquote Baptists that go and picket funerals of fallen soldiers, and they call themselves Baptists. And then someone, I go up and talk to someone, and I first say, I'm from Bible Baptist Church, and they go, oh, you're one of those Baptists. Can I tell you, I hate those false teachers that pretend to be what they are, but they don't, they don't believe the same word of God I do. 
I have never read the Word of God and read that, uh, where God okayed that. But how are we going to know what God's Word said unless we love His Word? We're supposed to hate every false way. It wasn't based on, you know, His preferences, His personal preferences. Uh, I prefer something sweet or sour over something chocolate. But I'm not going to hate you because you like chocolate. Okay, Miss Kathy, you can like chocolate. All, you can eat all the chocolate. There's more chocolate for you. Uh, but give me the Sour Patch or Gummy Worms any day over a Hershey chocolate bar. Those chocolate-covered strawberries, the white chocolate ones were delicious. Those chocolate-covered strawberries, and people said that's not even chocolate. That's fine. You can eat all that chocolate. I'll eat the fake chocolate. That's what I like. Uh, but that's not something to separate over. We need to be in the Word of God and see what the Word of God says so that we can understand his precepts just as David did. You know, if we're in the Word of God and we believe the Word of God, it's going to affect the people that we hang around. It's going to say, hey, you know what, I probably shouldn't hang around with this group of people because they aren't the best influence on me. Now, you can still love them, okay? You can still share God's Word with them, but they probably shouldn't be your best friends in the entire world. What is iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend? While we should strive to live together in unity, every false way, false teachers. And you know, there's a lot. You can find everything you want to on the Internet. There was a man I heard of, and he went for his uh, ordination council. And he was getting ready to go start a church, and so he went for his ordination council. And there's a whole group of men who have been in the ministry for years and years. And he uh, took his ordination. He had to write out his um, doctrinal beliefs, his statement of faith. Uh, and he handed it to every single one of those men. Well, those men started to look through it, and they started to question him on some weird things. He knew what he believed, uh, but what he didn't realize was when he copied and pasted that doctrinal statement offline instead of making his own, uh, that it had some false doctrine in it. And so he goes, why do they keep asking me these questions? Uh, and then his pastor pulled him off to the side at the, uh, near the end and said, did you write this doctrinal statement? He goes, well, I, I mean, I read through it. He goes, but did you write it? He said, no. He goes, look at this, 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 and this. That's why they keep asking you these questions. And so needless to say, he didn't get ordained that day. He had to go and write out his doctrinal statement uh, without the false doctrine in there. But you know what? So many times we don't know the word of God like we ought to, so how can we know what to stand on? How can we know what we believe unless we're in the word of God? Uh, and day and night, and be in it every single time, and meditate on his word. So many times we're quick to say, I'm going to separate from them and them and them, and we become ultra-separatists, ultra but we don't even read the word of God to know what we should be separating from or what God's word said. We don't know the false way from the right way. Uh, and you can go on the internet and find whatever you want to. You can find on the internet that aliens are real, okay? That, that we've been invaded by aliens, and actually the president of the United States is an alien. He hatched out of an egg. I saw that news article this week, okay? Uh, can I tell you that our president did not hatch out of an egg? He's not an alien. Uh, if you like sci-fi, I'm sorry, but aliens aren't really real, okay? Um, but we can find anything we want to on the Internet. So if you want to believe something, go Google search it, and you can find somebody that backs you up. But can I tell you those things that are on Google that you can find, they, those people can be wrong. Why? Because they're human beings. I can be wrong. Why? Because I'm a human being, but you know what will never lead us astray? It's God's Word. Every single thing in it is true. You can go and try to search for inaccuracies in it or things that disagree among each other, but you will never find one. 
So let me tell you that whenever we have a question about something, whenever we're wondering what a false way or a right way is, to always take it back to the Word of God. And not just what a man believes or what some person on TV preaches or what that person uh, who writes all the books says. We should go back to the Word of God and everything, check it with God's Word. Because if it goes against something that you read on the Internet, God's Word isn't right. God's Word isn't incorrect. It is always right. Let me encourage you this week. We're in the week of love. You've, if you married somebody, you married them because you had some things in common, probably. You probably have a lot of things that aren't in common, too. Uh, my wife likes chocolate. I don't, okay? She's from the South. I am not from the South. I don't eat grits. I eat biscuits and gravy, though. Praise God. I don't drink sweet tea. Uh, give me hot tea any day, and I'll drink that all day long. But give me a pal sweet tea, and no, I'll throw it out the window, okay? I, I am not from the South. Uh, but, you know, there is a reason when... Uh, Kelly and I started talking when we were sitting in class one day, and I said, who's that new girl that's at college here today? Uh, and then I found out her name, and then we started to talk, and then uh, all of a sudden we found out that we loved each other, okay? Uh, and we said, I love you, and started to give each other gifts, and then all of a sudden I asked the question, will you marry me? But it's because we studied each other, because I loved her. We prayed for each other. Can I tell you our relationship with God, if we want to be a man or a woman after God's own heart, we need to love the things that he loves. Just like David loved to pray, just like David loved to praise, just like David loved to his God's word and loved unity and hated every false way. Can I tell you, as Christians, we need to be men and women after God's own heart and do all these things that David did. And you could stay here all night and look at example after example and attribute after attribute of different men in the Bible, but you could just look at David and be here all night long. Let me encourage you. Be men and women after God's own heart. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day.